0: We're gonna do a very quick run through again. Here we go. Try number two here on the Ford Affair Podcast, episode 379. We're presented by NGSC Sports. NGSC Sports, we never stop. It's Wes Bradshaw, it's Edward Green. We're back. Hey, you wanna look up the Premier League scores? You can do that yourself because the Premier League week happened. Chelsea won, Liverpool won, Spurs won, West Ham won. They're all at the top of the Premier League. City got their first three points of the year. Manchester United drew. Maybe they're not actually invincible. Crazy week, VAR not been talked about much. Wes Bradshaw, take it away. <laughs>
1: what a start to this show tonight, folks. Uh, just to just to give you a little bit behind the magic, uh, we've been <laughs> talking for like we've been talking for like ten minutes, and then Ed realized he hadn't started recording. So
0: I pushed the button, Craig. It's Craig. It's Craig's fault. It's Craig's fault.
1: Uh, you know, Craig's high. <laughs>
0: <Anyway>. <laughs> yes.
1: Hey guys, what's up? Um so yeah, just getting into uh maybe some of the lack of uh lack of VAR a little more um a little more free flowing open play this year in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh in the off season <laughs> Um in the off season some uh mandates were kind of put out there uh, about VAR, about the flopping, uh about you know, maybe we're not going to do the millimeter goals anymore <laughs> or the millimeter <laughs> offside rule. Um, and thus far you haven't really seen anyone have much of an issue with bar, which has been nice. It's nice to not have to yeah. hate your life yeah. you know, every day. Um, <laughs> as far as kind of the free flow and open play, uh, they did have a mandate come down to the officials to let some things go, not be quite as ticky tacky. Um, kind of let them let them play a little bit let them play uh jurgen klopp making a comment this week that um you know that the burnley liverpool match was kind of devolving into a wrestling match (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: uh, but you know that one that one was getting a little overly physical at times i do believe but overall i mean i think everyone kind of enjoys the fact that you can get out and play a little more and every time yeah. you touch someone it's not stopping the ball stopping the cl- well stopping play and changing everything around so it has been a more aesthetically pleasing product thus far this year
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i've really enjoyed it. i hope it continues as it goes
0: and then obviously a uh, big week for liverpool as you mentioned uh with with the two no win um city but, picking up their first win of the year uh, Manchester United drawing 1-1 with Southampton, kind of coming back down to earth after their big start against Leeds. Um, and what I think this shows, Wes, is that there is the, the top of this league is still very strong. Um, and and maybe the bottom. Norwich and Burnley haven't looked very good so far, to be fair. Um, but Brentford has looked pretty good. Uh, granted, they played another bottom team to start with in Arsenal. But um, you know, West Ham maybe looked a little better than they expected. Uh, Aston Villa so far have looked pretty good, especially considering they lost Jack Grealish in the offseason. So, uh, and, and you know, Southampton, a team I thought was going to drop this year, does pick up their point against United in their hideous, hideous jerseys. Um, so I think that overall, what we've seen from the first two weeks is, you know, a lot of these teams, at least at the start here, look pretty even with a couple... Uh, your liverpools your chelsea's and to an extent your city's looking a cut above the rest for sure
1: and, and not to you know i'm picking norwich to go down they have not looked good so far in norwich's defense they played liverpool and city
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> i literally could not have had a more difficult start to their season so um you know that's just what it is at this point but yeah right now the top is looking strong um Liverpool and Chelsea early on looking like they may be the cream of the crop, um, at least through two matches. And of course, they'll hook up this weekend um, in in what is a a really really big game early in the season for both teams. Kind of that, um, kind of that thermometer to take your temperature on where your team really is right now.
0: Absolutely, and that's as we take a look at the schedule for this coming up weekend. 730 and and all joking aside you want to talk about rough starts to begin the season you mentioned it for norwich arsenal they started at brentford which you think yes brentford a, a promoted premier league side but we talked about it last week first we first uh season back in the top flight in almost 75 years And the crowds are back for it. That was always going to be a very tough match emotionally for Arsenal to get through. And then they have to, their first home game is against City, who look rampant. And now they have to go to Manchester City. I'm sorry, to Chelsea, who look rampant. I, I, I believe I said City. Now they have to go to Manchester City. That is a very brutal start for Arsenal. And we will talk a little bit more about Arteta and his job security later. But that is going to be very brutal for Arsenal as they start. 730 this Saturday they are in desperately need of at least a point and if not a point at least to look good while losing because this is an Arsenal situation that could get very bad very fast in that locker room uh otherwise on Saturday uh at 10 a.m you have Aston Villa versus Brentford Newcastle Southampton West Ham Crystal Palace Norwich versus Leicester and Brighton Hove versus Everton. And then at 12.30, as Wes mentioned, big, first really big match of this season, I think. Liverpool versus Chelsea. I expect both teams to go at it. You have two fantastic sides. You have two fantastic managers. Wes, um, any thoughts going into this match? Because it is, it is as I believe the kids would say, a humdinger of a match.
1: I mean, I think uh, really... For Liverpool especially, I think this is a proving ground match. Um, yeah, I, I just – I personally, and maybe it's – I'm also a Liverpool fan, as we know. I, I just – I can't believe any of the pundits who are just saying, oh, well, you, you know, are Liverpool really any better than they were last season? Blah, 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 blah. You know, look who they played to the start of the season. Well, yeah, but obviously they're better than last season. There's a guy named Virgil van Dyke in there. <laughs> There's a guy named Joel Madith in there. Um, <clears throat> you know Liverpool are heads and shoulders above where they were last season. Um, so this is a big chance for them to um, you know go out and show the country that last season that they feel last season was a fluke and this is the this is the real Liverpool this is the Liverpool that. You know, a couple of years ago under Jurgen Klopp, just everybody in the country was terrified to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think it's, it's going to be fantastic. You've got great players all around the field on these two Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku as a younger player was a, well, he was a younger player. Lukaku has always kind of been a tormentor of Liverpool. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time I ever was aware of Romelu Lukaku was when he was playing for uh, West Brom on loan from Chelsea, and this big mountain of a man with these uh, braids bouncing all around the place was just pushing Liverpool defenders off the ball and going and scoring goals and leading upsets over much better Liverpool teams. Um, he's a hell of a player, you know, had the rough stretch at United. Um, had the stain on his uh CV, which is playing for Everton football club. Just, uh, he was actually really good at Everton, but, um, you know, had those couple of tough seasons at United, everybody thought he was washed up. Well, then he goes to Italy and is player of the year, uh, in the, in Syria. And now he's back and he's kind of picked right up, uh, hit the ground running, scoring a goal. um, yeah, I, I just um, I'm really interested because this is this is a different Liverpool defense than what he used to push around. Once again, this is a Liverpool of Van Dijk and of um, uh, Joel Matip, uh, Andrew Robertson potentially back this weekend for the match. So Liverpool could, Liverpool could be fielding their depending on what they do in midfield. Liverpool have a chance to play their maybe predicted best eleven.
0: Mm, that's if, big. If
1: they if they do decide to go uh, Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho in the midfield, of course you'll have uh, whatever combination of the three you play up front. Um, you know you're going to get Mane and Salah. It's going to be is it going to be Jota or Fabinho in there? Uh, this is uh, this is a big one. I mean, it's early in the season. Obviously, if, even if you lose this match, obviously you can bounce back. It's not it's not like anyone's getting knocked out of the race here. But it's just, uh, I think psychologically for both these teams, it's a big one. Because I think Thomas Tuchel still really, really gets something to play against your flop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he really gets up for that. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm trying to figure out schedule wise how I'm going to watch this match. <laughs> because, you know, at 12.30 on Saturday, I should be sl- for work but we're just gonna damn see what happens
0: (laughs) what a what a week
1: yeah what a week but we'll see what happens but i'm really really looking forward to this one um and you know also right now you know it, it is third match for these teams so um You know, maybe I don't want to say fatigue, but, you know, those early season legs getting there. But, you know, there's an international break coming up after this. So Mm -hmm. everybody can pretty much sell out.
0: Absolutely. So that is, you know, one of the big things about that being so early in the season and getting your first real burst of energy coming out here for these first couple of weeks. Um, I... I know a lot of times we hype up a match, you know, in the Premier League, and then it just is kind of a dud. Um, you know, maybe it'll be like a nil-nil draw or something. But I, I, truly think this could be a good game. I could, if I had to put money down right now, I would actually say two-two draw. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a very exciting matchup that will not disappoint. So, um, you heard it here first. It's going to be disappointing because I said it wasn't. There you go, everyone. Here, you're, lot, you're welcome. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Sunday, uh, not as big matches, maybe. uh, But at 9 a.m., you get Spurs versus Watford. Um, Along with the Tottenham match, you have at 9 a.m., Burnley versus Leeds. Burnley looking to get another point, uh, or a couple points, on the season as they head to turf more. And this is a big match for Sean Dice's men to try to get something going this season. Then 11.30 at the Molyneux Wolves versus Manchester United. It's Manchester United looks to bounce back from their draw against uh, Southampton. So that is going to be your matches for then. Uh, quick look at the table. Again, still early days. Just two weeks in. But your teams on six points at the top. Include West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Brighton, and Spurs. Currently it is West Ham on top. Because of, I believe, goals scored. They have a goal differ- the same goal differential as Chelsea and Liverpool. But I believe that because... They have the the eight goals scored. It is probably uh, going to be um, West Ham. That's why they're on top here. Um, But still, early days yet. Um, And then at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Five teams on zero points, including Wolves, Burnley, Newcastle, Arsenal, and Norwich. Uh, Quick look at the League Cup. Um, Third round draw has taken place. This is when the European Premier League teams... Do join the fray here as we are down to the final 32 teams. Um, that aforementioned Arsenal, they got through theirs because, hey, they got to start in the second round because they had no European commitment. So they'll be taking on AFC Wimbledon in the third round. Uh, other big Premier League clubs, uh, Liverpool will be going to Norwich. Oh, I'm
1: sure Norwich is just thrilled
0: to see Liverpool again. Oh, great. We get to see them again. Great. Awesome. Um, Chelsea gets to play Aston Villa. That should be a a pretty fun one. Um, Manchester City taking on Wickham Wanderers. Let's go Wickham. Uh, Manchester United versus West Ham. Uh, That's usually a pretty good match. And with how West Ham have been looking early on this season, that, that could be one where we see a a slight upset happen. So that, that could be really good. Um, and then Leicester City will be taking on Millwall uh, in Bermondsey. Yes, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Those matches will be taking place uh, the weekend of September 21st and 22nd. or the, That's actually midweek. I'm sorry. That, I believe, is a midweek. Uh, midweek, 21st and 22nd. Yes, that's a Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, that'll be the third round, and we'll see... What, uh, who advances to the sweet 16, uh, as I, I actually am realizing now I didn't mention this because when I mentioned this initially, that part is now lost to time. Uh, the group draw for the champions league will be held on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, so we will be talking about this next week. Um, but Wes, I didn't know if you had any early thoughts again, Liverpool currently in pot two. Um. Right now in pot one, it's Chelsea from winning the Champions League, Villarreal from being Europa League champions, along with Atletico, Man City, Bayern Munich, Inter, Lille, and Sporting. And then, wow, this, this pot two right here, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Manchester United, PSG, Liverpool, Sevilla, and Dortmund. That, that's a hell of a pot two, Wes. I'm not sure if I'm a pot one team. I'm just thinking, oh, God, I don't I don't know what team I want to draw from pot two, really.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a, a weird year of teams winning the league last year. Yeah. And, yeah, so now pot is like, just freaking loaded, man. Um, so... Uh, Yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, as uh, when these do come out. Of course, you you look for Liverpool and United. They can't, they can't draw either um, Chelsea or City. Correct. So they're good on that end. Um, Yeah, I mean, really, it's something I can't wait to talk about it next week after it's happened. Uh, because, you know, we love breaking down. There's oh, yeah. nothing we love quite as much as breaking down
0: <laughs> the
1: uh, Champions League
0: draws. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's almost a, a, a thing of usually the first pot is looking to see like, oh, what can we get from pot three or what can we get from pot four? But it almost seems like this year it's like pot two starting to lick their lips. Ooh, maybe maybe we can get Lille or Sporting from Portugal, you know what I mean? So there's a, there's a lot of craziness going on here in this draw. Um, but we again, we will be breaking that down. Next week in full. Very exciting stuff there. Um, All right, as we hit the news and notes, um, the big news from this week it's official, it's done, it's dusted. He could have done this, you know, three weeks ago, but, you know, here we are. Uh, Harry Kane has announced, according to Amity Winehouse of The Athletic, that he will be staying at Tottenham this summer. Uh, Kane took to a social media post to say, um, it was incredible to see the reception from the Spurs fans on Sunday when he took the pitch as a substitute against Wolves and to read some of the messages of support I've had in the last few weeks. I will be staying at Tottenham this summer, emphasis mine, and will be 100% focused on helping the team achieve success. Um, so obviously, next year, this whole thing could play out again. But I think Kane has finally seen the writing on the wall so close to the end of the transfer window. It would be very difficult for City to make the move for him and for Tottenham to then go out and spend all that money they would get from him. But... Um, I have so many thoughts on this, Wes. Obviously, you know, Kane not really looking to probably stay here more than a year. You have to wonder about how City kind of played this by going after Grealish first and setting the market for him at $100 million really kind of probably drove the price up on Kane. Um you have to wonder how Kane played this obviously with with maybe how he's done in respect to the fans and his legacy at Spurs and and really then you have to wonder we we've already heard from I believe it was the Times this today that now Kane wants to be on four hundred thousand a week up from his uh, reported three hundred thousand a week that he is now on, so already there may be more discontent down the road we'll have to see but um Maybe the expected resolution, Wes, that we all thought would happen with Kane ending up staying at Spurs the way that Levy negotiates. But what a what a drawn out process it has taken to get to this point.
1: Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we we talked about it. I mean, Daniel Levy is a guy. He is gonna dig in his heels, and he's not gonna he's not gonna budge. No. Um, that's the thing. Spurs are in a point they didn't have to budge. They had all the power in this relationship. They had all the uh, all the leverage. The levy bridge. <laughs> um, and uh, and then when City came in with a really subpar offer, like <clears throat> not even close to what Daniel Levy would go for. I mean I just I don't understand what they thought was gonna happen you <laughs> know <laughs> I mean that's the thing I, I don't I don't understand what you thought was going to happen here um but Daniel Levy just sat there I was like no not gonna do that no nope, no nope, no nope, not gonna do that and here we sit now with maybe potentially an unhappy Harry Kane for whatever that's worth um here we sit with a city squad that, you know, they've been thinking all, all summer. Oh, well, don't worry. We're getting Harry Kane. Everybody knows we're getting Harry Kane. Oh, we didn't get Harry Kane. (laughs) And well now on top of that, I mean, they're looking for, I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. You know, do they try to go back into the market um, do they hold with what they got? Do they go get an aging legend who wouldn't really fix their problems, but would just look really good to sign? Oh, wait, what did I just hit?
0: I think you just hit on Cristiano Ronaldo, Wes. Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Again, I, I just, I want it to happen simply because it would make United fans lose their goddamn minds. And oh yeah man if like it, and, and knowing that it probably wouldn't push like city really over the top given that he's he is aging and while he was still kind of able to do it at the at Juventus we know how much tougher the Premier League is so I I'm all for it if city really wants to do this and I think Ronaldo wants to do this it doesn't seem like city is keen on it happening but Again, with all due respect to Gabriel Jesus and, and the rest of the, the front line at City, I, I just don't know how you go this season without a target man. I just I don't understand it.
1: Well and the whole thing for City, and I think we've touched on this before was you know people talking about City winning the Premier League out a cancer last year, and oh once again, it took it took City playing really, really, really good in the second half going away in this league. Mm -hmm. And then it took basically every competition falling apart. Yeah. Or having a massive issue that took out a chunk of their season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, City did walk away with the league last year. We're not taking that away, but. I mean. It's definitely a new season and City cannot bank on what happened last season happening again this season. That's all I can say with that. It, it will not happen the same again. And I don't think right now – I mean, I like Jack Grealish a lot. You yeah. know, I've, I've liked Jack Grealish for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same. Um, and he is a really nice piece. But this City team is not significantly better than last season. And really, I don't know if they're better than they were last season.
0: yeah. It's it's really tough. And, and again, I just have to wonder if Kane was important to their plans, as they said, why not really go hard after him first? Like Grealish, and you mentioned it, Grealish is a really good player, but they have a lot of guys who sort of fit that Grealish mold already. They have a lot of guys in those positions. So one, why make him first and then... To spend so much money, I know he had a release clause, but at the end of the day, like he's the easier one to get because of that. Get Kane first, and then maybe get Grealish later. I just because you mentioned it earlier about Levy. If City, the City higher ups didn't know what it would be like dealing with Daniel Levy to get his crown jewel player. Then, then I don't know what they're they're doing over there because that that makes no sense. It's not a secret. <laughs> like everybody knows what kind of negotiator Daniel Levy is. There, there's been story after story. So I just it it boggles my mind how City did this, and it almost smacks of arrogance that they just felt they could say, "Oh well, we want Kane and Grealish, we'll get Kane and Grealish." So I, I don't know. It 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 was and, and, Go ahead. and not
1: only that, but
0: especially
1: with Kane and we'll get Kane at the price we want Kane at. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: no, no, no. That ain't that doesn't happen with Daniel Levy. You you never get the price you want from Daniel Levy.
0: Exactly.
1: So um I mean, you know, people want it a lot of people, Spurs fans, they get Daniel Levy. help you know, but you know, at the end of the day, Levy doesn't Levy doesn't back down. He does his
0: thing and you can either get with it or fucking deal with it. <laughs> yep. so. and
1: that's the thing because at the end of the day, he's going to do what he does. So.
0: Yeah. It just, just bonkers that that city could mi- misstep this so hard. And, and, and again, it doesn't seem like, you know, from all the reports that city really want Ronaldo. Um, Again, it would be hilarious and I think Ronaldo wants to get out. I don't really know why he wants out of Juventus. I mean I'm sure I could have done some more research and see well, Go
1: ahead. well I mean Juventus Ronaldo went to Juventus, and Ronaldo desperately wants out of Juventus. I mean this is it's kinda known. He wants out he wants out bad.
0: Yes, that's why he picked up an arm injury, quote quote.
1: Exactly. Um so going to Juventus. Ronaldo was seen as the final piece of this great team, and now that great team is aging out and kind of falling apart around him. Uh Um, Ronaldo knows that. Ronaldo desperately wants to go and win the Champions League again, Mm -hmm. and and I mean, you you think about now you think about what that would do. Ronaldo already has one of the greatest legacies ever, but you think about that would be three different clubs. That he went to and won the Champions League,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and God, would it be number six? For I think it would be like his sixth if he wins another one. I because he I won one United, be and one. I
0: think he won four at right. Real, right?
1: I believe that's right. So I mean, it would be it would be like an unmatched legacy for him to go and do it, especially at a third major club. Mm-hmm. Um. And also now with uh, the new manager back in, uh, Allegri, at um, at Juventus, Allegri is one of those, I want 11 guys playing that are 11 guys who are going to defend. And defending ain't Ronaldo's jam no (laughs) more. So, I mean, really, Ronaldo leaving, I think, would be ideal for all parties involved. Uh, And also, I mean, Ronaldo's making that massive salary and, you know, you've got Juventus. Juventus are having big-time financial difficulties, so they would love to get rid of Ronaldo. Um, It kind of sounds like Ronaldo is trying to stir up this transfer. (laughs) And I I just, I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, I think he and his camp see an opportunity here. With this Harry Kane deal falling apart, you know, maybe they catch um, maybe they catch City uh, a little desperate, um, trying not to get caught with egg on their face, and maybe he can orchestrate a move. I just I'm telling you, I don't I don't think Ronaldo is the guy who puts City over the top.
0: I I would agree with that. I don't,
1: now, now that said, I think he could go there and he'd score goals. He'd be good, but. You know, once again, they're, they're there to try to win the Champions League. I don't know right now with that group if Ronaldo's the guy who pushes you over the top of the
0: Champions League. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, City have come so close with, with what I would consider not better players, but better players in the moment. And again, with an aging Ronaldo as good as he still could be unless it's just like we're only running him out there for the Champions League games and he's just never going to play in the Premier League to save his body i yeah i'm i'm not sure why city would do that and, so
1: and and that's another thing i mean do, do we really think i mean ronaldo don't get me wrong ronaldo, ronaldo is in incredible shape yes we understand that but can a Ronaldo of that age, who's had his issues keeping up in Serie A, of all places, mm-hmm. you think he's walking in the Premier League and trying to run a run around with that group of guys? <laughs> no.
0: Oh no. Like, I, it it makes sense from a spectacle perspective. It makes no sense from an actual team perspective. So. I don't know. Well, I I can't imagine City would do it, but then I didn't really imagine City was gonna fuck up the Cane deal as hard as they did. But you know, here we are. So, um, so that's that's kind of the part on that. And then uh, as I texted you earlier, let's so get to our next story here from the Mirror. Um, the Cane deal went so bad for City that Pep Guardiola announced his retirement. Um, <laughs> Um, this coming from Freddie Keeley over at the uh, the Mirror. Uh, Pep Guardiola has announced that he will be leaving after next season. So he will go through the entirety of this season and the next season, and then he will be stepping away from City. Um, he, Given by his comments, he does uh, seem like he will be uh, looking to do a national team uh, instead of going back to a club team. USA, after that. USA! <laughs> USA. That's, that's what we need. We, we, the USA desperately needs someone who can get them to a World Cup final and not win it. So, um, yeah, that'll be...
1: Unless you can get Messi somehow. There
0: you go. <laughs> Isn't Messi's mom a U.S. citizen or something? Can we get him dual citizenship? Come, come on, guys. Come on. Um, anyway, um, so this, is, this is obviously big news. It's been, you know, all, it's always kind of been a matter of when, not if. Guardiola would ever leave City. Um, he, he's not been one to stay at any place for too long. City is going to be one of his longer stays, to be fair. Um, but I, I almost wonder a little bit, Wes, if this doesn't start to kind of put a little more pressure on some of the players. Because, again, I, I think this is the 100th time we've said this, and I should commission a, a banner for it that no one will see because this is an audio-only podcast. But... Pep Guardiola was brought in to win the Champions League for City. He now has two shots to do it. And if they don't do it, as good as his record has been, as many titles and trophies as he's won for City, you can't help but think it might be a little bit of a failure if he doesn't win that final prize. And I just, I just wonder a little bit if maybe some of the players get a little tight in those Champions League games knowing, hey... We, we, we have a two-year window now, and that's that might be it.
1: Um, not only that, I mean, there's going to be... I'm interested that Pep has done this. Yeah. Because now, have you just cut yourself off at the knees in the transfer market?
0: That's also a good point. That's a very good point.
1: Next season, you know, let's say let's say they want to go for Erling Holland, mm-hmm. uh, which hell you know, everybody's going after Erling Holland next next year because he's going to have a seventy five million euro release clause that kicks in next June. Mm-hmm. So Erling Holland is leaving Dortmund next summer. Uh, the question is, <laughs> which of the major powers will really he go to? Will he go to Madrid? Will he go to PSG? Will he go to City? Will he go to Chelsea? Will he go to um, uh, anywhere? Will he go to Bayern? Will he go to Liverpool? Who the hell knows? He can go anywhere because that is as affordable as affordable gets for a player of that stature. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to sell him on, hey, you come here to City, you're going to play for Pep Guardiola, the greatest manager on earth who can only win Champions League. Anyway, (laughs) um, you know, uh, you come and you play with him. I mean, that's one of your big selling points. Well, now you look at – we're just taking Erland Holland as, you know, an example. They look at him you like, oh, okay, yeah, this is his last year, and then you're going to have a regime change, and who knows what the team's going to be. <clears throat> I mean, because I just – I believe whoever the next manager in Manchester City is, there's going to be some overhaul in that squad. I mean, there's got to be. That's what happens when new managers come in. Yeah. Um. And anyway, I think this group is kind of getting near the end of their cycle as is. So maybe Pet just doesn't have it in him to do another build. I don't, I don't know. But um, I just find the timing very, very interesting. That mm-hmm. it was suddenly Pet decides, oh, now's the time. I just need to say that I'm going to step away in two years. It's like, oh, what the hell, man? Well, so. Right. Was it was it like was this damage control because the Kane thing went and shit? I mean, just what was? It? I don't know what it was.
0: Well, and and on that note about Kane, you know, what, what does what does Kane start to think now? Does that start to factor in his calculus? Does he say, well, you know, I wanted to win titles and and play for Pep Guardiola, but you know, if if Pep's not there anymore, if if some of the if. They bring in a different manager who maybe can attract the same level of talent. City will always have the money, but if it's a different regime, if it's guys that maybe don't quite fit together, if they don't get the right transfers into a place, that squad that you said is, is kind of getting towards the end of its cycle. You know, does Kane all of a sudden want to still go to city? Did he miss his window? So I think this is, this is fascinating to me. And I think you brought up a great point about that. And how it could affect transfers because yeah, if you're, if you're anyone next year, you're thinking, why am I going to City just to play for one year for Guardiola, and 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 do you already try to line someone up because, who do you, who do you, who would you possibly line up, any time in the next nine months before the next August transfer window to say, hey, come to City, Guardiola will be here for a year, and then next year your manager will be. Fucking, I don't know whoever you want to name. You know it'll be um oh god I forgot his name the guy who went back to uh, Ancelotti. You know next year it'll be Ancelotti or, or something like that. Jesse Jesse Marsh Jesse Marsh. Will it be Julian Nagelsmann? You know will it be you know whoever you know I I I don't know how you do that. That is that is going to be a very tricky minefield I think for City to to maneuver in the next transfer markets.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it
0: just, it just didn't make sense
1: to me why it had to happen right now. You know? Um, uh, I, I don't know. It just, it, it just seems like bad timing. Yeah.
0: Hey.
1: You know, one year out, be like, Hey, this is going to be my last season. Yeah. You know what? That makes a little bit of sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can get that. But to say, it's, I'm going to manage this season and next season, then I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, I guess, it, I guess you know, for for the city hierarchy, it gives them planning time. But once again, he could have told you this in private. Exactly. You didn't have to announce it to the world. Yeah. That's my thing. You didn't have to like announce this to everyone and basically start a ticking clock. Because also, that's also going to do is stick more pressure on your team in Europe. Because like we talked about. You you were brought there to win the Champions League. Well, now everyone's like counting out. Well, all right, he's got two shots left. If he doesn't do it, he's a failure. Yep. So, um, yeah, I just, once again, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I think it's ridiculous. But uh, whatever, hey, whatever destabilizes the city is, (laughs) hey, okay, by me.
0: There you go. Uh, Well, speaking of destabilizing, um, that is, I believe, the current position we would find Mikel Arteta in over at Arsenal. And uh, according to Lorenzo Bettoni over at FootballItalia.net, um, Antonio Conte has emerged as a potential replacement for Arteta uh, if, if Arsenal give him the boot. Uh, I, have, I think I read a report today that said Arteta has five games to save his job. I, I don't understand why that sort of arbitrary number, if that's even true. But it's Arsenal who really understands anything anymore. Um, Conte, of course, was last in the Premier League with Chelsea. And he's also been at Inter and Juventus. Um, and, of course, as we mentioned, Arsenal have had a very tough schedule to start the season. They did win their League Cup match, but, you know, they haven't won yet in the Premier League. And they'll be going up against Man City. Um, Arteta already pulling sort of the us against them mentality and his press conferences, which is definitely what you want to see in week two of a 38 week premier league season. Um, so I, it, this has seemed like a very disappointing run for a much heralded uh, Pep Guardiola assistant coming to Arsenal West. But it also seems like Arteta just hasn't put many good feet forward. And with the good young players that Arsenal have coming up, it seems like it might be better to cut ties now and give those guys a shot with somebody new rather than going forward with someone who does not quite look cut out for this job. Oh, man.
1: It really it just comes down to what the Arsenal brass thinks. You know, here's the thing with Arteta. Uh-huh. The more I look back on it two weeks ago, I had no fucking clue why I picked them to win to finish fifth. (laughs) I mean that roster
0: is rotten. That
1: roster is rotten. I mean they're they're crap. They are crap, and I don't care who you put out there. That they're not they're not winning big with this Arsenal squad.
0: The fact that they spent like. Close to a hundred million on Ben White and Martin Odegaard is just insane to me.
1: I mean, really, it's almost a. I, mean, I understand going and getting Ben White. Odegaard makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not like he exactly pulled up trees last year for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to go and pay, and not only pay, but pay a good chunk of money for him. Yeah. I mean if they gotten him for twenty million, I'd be like, alright, solid business. You would spent forty million on him? Jesus, that's ridiculous. Um Yeah. Uh, and as far as Conte, Conte ain't going to damn Arsenal. <laughs> Conte goes where Conte knows he can win. Yes. Conte, Conte doesn't take stinker jobs. Conte doesn't take rebuilds. Um and is only gonna go Conte's kinda like um I mean, Conte kind of has this pet um, Josie mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not going anywhere unless you're going to give me money to go get the guys I want. And um, yeah, I ain't going to damn Arsenal. That's that's ridiculous. Oh, there's any damn chance Conte goes to Arsenal? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah, Arsenal. You know, it, for me, it comes down. They've got the they've got to look inside. They've got to look like inside themselves and be like, do we really believe Arteta is the man for the long term? Because if he is, you've got to be strong enough to withstand everybody wanting to fire him right now and believe that in a few years he's going to turn it around. Yeah. Um, give it to United. You know, we give Ollie Solskjaer all kinds of shit. Everybody does. But you know what? United have been of the belief that, you know, if we give him time and resources, Ali is gonna win for us. Now we're kinda still on the on the fence is is he now, you know, yeah, he can get in the top four, but can he really win you anything? We'll see. But United have gone ahead and that's the decision they've made is this is our guy and we're sticking with him and we're gonna support him and we're gonna give him the resources he needs to go and you know, attempt to put this team together. Arsenal have to figure out if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it is, then you just understand this is going to be a difficult season, and that you need to get rid of guys, and you've got to rebuild this roster. If you get that, then you stick with Arteta, and you don't worry. Oh, he has five matches to prove himself. No, if you believe he's the man, five matches isn't going to change everything. So, I mean, I guess we'll just, we're going to have to see, you know, does Arsenal really believe that Arteta's the guy? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested to see as it goes
0: forward. Yes. Uh, so interested in the way we like to look at car crashes. It's
1: Oh, totally. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to crane my neck. <laughs>
0: I'm going to go, ooh, is that a
1: leg?
0: I'm I'm going to tell the person in the passenger seat to get their cell phone out and take a picture.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. And taking pictures is watching uh, Arsenal Payton TV.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Oh, fun um, times. times. Good times, man. Really, I mean, it's, uh, it's something to see because, yeah, you know, This is, he's a different guy than Unai Emery. You know, Emery was brought in just to try to keep going what they had, I felt. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, um, this is, do you have a vision as Arsenal Football Club? Because this is the guy you want if, if he's the man for your vision.
0: Well, we will see yep. where that Arsenal decision goes. If if history, or recent history has taught us anything, it will probably be the wrong one. Um, Wes, we're in the part now where we like to pimp the athletic. Uh, what kind of articles do you have to uh, share with the crowd this week?
1: Man, I got some good ones, and um, I'm going to let you guys know as soon as I can get my app up here. Um, yeah, I did a uh, they make concerted effort. So, um, one of them, uh, college, the athlete is doing a college football fifty things countdown, mm. um, and it's all there. It's a bunch of their college football writers. The one thing that they're really excited, you know, that they're most looking forward to um, with the season coming, and not just, you know, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Bryce Young in Alabama, and I'm looking forward to seeing Sam Howell in the North Carolina. No, you know what? What part of it are you looking forward to? Uh, there was one this week about um the Oklahoma Texas rivalry where they you know, they really miss the Texas State Fair being around it, you know, and you know, you you go to the fair in the morning, the game starts at eleven central time, and then after everybody heads back to the fair for the rest of the day and you, you know, get fat eating brisket and deep <laughs> fried dough. You know, it's awesome. Um <clears throat> You know stuff like that, and this one Jeff Schultz wrote. Uh, I can't wait for the return of Uga after meeting the Emperor of Mascots. Oh, uh, Jeff Schultz got the chance to head down to Savannah, Georgia. Beautiful country. Georgia off the shore. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, he got to go to the home of Mr. Charles Siler. Uh, the Seiler family are the uh, beholders of the Ugga lineage. Uh, Uga, of course, being the uh, the live English bulldog mascot of the Georgia Bulldogs, um, have been since the uh, early 1950s. <laughs> and Jeff Stoltz got a chance to go in meet Uga in in his own little, um, well, little in his own floor of the house that he owns Aww. or that he uh, that he lives in. <laughs> It goes into it. It's got some cute pictures. It shows Uga's um Uga's closet full of Uga jerseys.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, it's just it's a great fun article, you know, I, As we know, I love my college football. I love the pageantry of college football. Oh, of course. And um, there is nothing more pageantry, I guess we'll <laughs> say. Yeah, that's a word, right? Yeah. Um, than uh, than Uga. So Amazing. definitely check that one out. Um, my second one. That is uh, by, uh, hey, Andy Staples. Because we love Andy Staples, apparently. You. <laughs> Andy Staples, our guy. Uh, last Friday, beyond Twitter beefs and the Biebs, Nick Starkle is living his best college football life at San Jose State. <laughs> Excuse me. folks. Nick Starkle is kind of like the poster boy of the new age of transfer and the super senior year that you're getting with the COVID. Um Nick Starkle is 23 years old. He is the starting quarterback at San Jose state. And as I say, he's been around so long that, um, you couldn't even sign in December when he signed. <laughs> um, Nick Starkle has led a very interesting career. He started off at Texas A&M, um, where he was Kenny Hill, or as they call him, Trill Hill, uh, Kenny Hill is now the quarterback's coach at TCU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick struggle was his backup. Um after a season or two there, he left. He went to Arkansas and the disaster, that was the Chad Morris era at Arkansas. And now he's ended up at San Jose State, getting an extra year. San Jose State, last year going seven and one. Uh, winning the Mountain West for the per- God, first time they won the conference I think, since like one, wherever they were. <clears throat> um and it's just, it's a really interesting article. Um, it delves into some things. So apparently Nick Starkle is like this diehard Justin Bieber fan. Okay. And like for years wore like a Justin Bieber t-shirt under his pads and was a real believer and all that good stuff. All right. Um, has, has had the chance to talk to the Beebs a few times. Uh, he had a big time beef with... um Another guy who's bounced around college football now, uh, Tate Martell, who when he was in high school, Tate Martell was like the top-ranked quarterback in the country. And according to reports, he's like one of the most brash human beings anyone will ever meet. And, you know, you get called brash when things don't go your way and you're a cocky asshole. <laughs> yeah. um, so that kind of tells you what's happened to, uh, <laughs> that kind of tells you what's happened to uh, Tate Martell. But, um, a big internet beef there, and they apparently buried the axe. It's just, it's a really, really interesting story. Um, Stark will come back for another year uh, at, at San Jose State with a chance to get something done. Um, and the third and last one I'm going to point out uh, every now and then, ESPN, or excuse me, ESPN, my God, The Athletic, it's actually on Wednesdays. Um, MLB writers have been examining a key what if scenario from baseball's history. Uh, which I mean, hey, we love what if because we love oh. what could have happened, right? Yeah. And this one, uh, Bert fell. sure, <laughs> um, did one called What If Roberto Clemente Had Played Three More Seasons with the Pirates? Yeah, uh, R- Robert, I don't know if you had the chance to read that one, it was yeah. really interesting. Clemente died on uh, New Year's Day, 1973. Um, uh in a plane crash taking uh taking relief supplies to hurricane or to earthquake victims excuse me uh plane crashed off the coast of puerto rico clemente had just picked up his 3,000th hit that year um the pirates were one of the best teams in baseball they had won a world series i believe the year before and clemente was still the face of that organization uh, it was an organization yeah they won the 71 World Series I think they would go on a little later to win a World Series but maybe a chance there Pittsburgh wins two or three other World Series as well because mm. Clemente was Clemente was advanced in his age but he was in such fantastic shape was still one of the best hitters in baseball and the Pirates even outside of Clemente were really good. so um, You know, kind of a sad what-if, but definitely an interesting one to see all the same.
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, my two uh, articles from The Athletic this week. Uh, One is uh, Mandel's Mailbag, uh, where Stuart Mandel goes into a bunch of questions about this coming up year in college football and beyond. um, Leading off with a question on what's the likelihood of the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 going to an eight-game conference schedule? Um, so this is, this is just, again, going to be a thing as Oklahoma and Texas move to the SEC, going to have big reverberations. And one of the funny parts about this one is we could see an ironic point where, you know, as much as the ACC has been railing against the SEC having on only an eight game conference schedule and the rest of the conferences playing nine conference games a year, that foot fl- that may flip where the ACC goes to eight – or the, the other conferences go to eight conference games a year to get more of their alliance weird stuff going on. Um, and the SEC actually goes to nine because they've gotten so big. So it would be kind of a funny turnaround there. Um, but also, it it – Brings up a point that uh, I've seen float around with this whole alliance thing where, yeah, we're going to play more conference game or non-conference games against each other. The Pac-12, the ACC and the Big Ten, you know, we're going to we're going to get together and we're going to protect ourselves, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, all right, well, Oregon doesn't have a free date on the, its football calendar until 2028. So, you know, what what are you guys actually doing? They're like, well, we have a gentleman's agreement. Well, if we've learned anything this summer about gentlemen's agreements, oh, man, I can tell you right now, this is fucked. <laughs> so, um, but go read it. Uh, it. There's a lot of great information on this season coming up from Stuart Mandel, so go check that out. And then my other article is from... R- Z- r- real quick, can,
1: can, I, can, can I throw, like, one quick thing out because, you know, I'm all about this cosplay bullshit. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> this whole alliance... <laughs> Jesus, don't give me a start on this shit Do you know what I hear when I hear them talk about the Alliance? What? I hear from from one of my favorite movies ever, Step Brothers I hear the pitch for Prestige Worldwide The first word in entertainment You know, what do they do? Uh, Management, financial portfolios, insurance, computers Black leather gloves, (laughs) research and development Security cell phones. Basically, they just say a lot of words that make no sense at the end of the day and don't really have anything to them. Uh-huh. And to me, that's all that this alliance is, is they're just they're just saying words. Um, it's like they they want they're just trying to basically fuck back with the SEC at this point. But I mean, this everyone knows that the whole point of the alliance is that it goes around, everything revolves around football. Yes. But once again, as you just said, with the scheduling, you can't do anything with football for years, nearly a decade before anything opens up schedule-wise. Wow, you're going to go vote for the same thing. Okay, at the end of the day, you're still going to vote for what's best for you. Exactly. Which, you know, mostly here's the thing. It's just, I mean, it's all coming down just to making more money. I think this alliance is just, (laughs) it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah. I mean, they can't fix, they can't do what the SEC did because they can't get Texas and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like the next big thing. And it's like these three conferences are all just saying, well, you had an announcement. Well, guess what? (laughs) Hey, hey. No, we haven't
0: announced
1: it. <laughs> Even though we haven't signed any.
0: Yep. And yeah, g- gentlemen's agreements, those work out really well. You remember who had the last gentlemen's agreements? Oh, yeah, the SEC and
1: the Big 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they were uh, when they were discussing the expansion of this playoff just a few months ago, you know, hey, Bob Bosby, great safety looked you right in the eye and said, <laughs> hey, we're doing what's best for the sport. <laughs> well, then they turned around literally yesterday. And it's like, oh, yeah, we looked each other in the eye. It's like, you literally couldn't have come up with a better set of words there. Yep. So, anyway. That's my team's sense on the alliance.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a failed WWE venture at this point. Um, My other article from uh, Zach Mizell. uh, Fun and games, a day at the Little League World Series with the Cleveland Indians. I guess Guardians now, whatever. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's a fun little article from Williamsport coming off the heels of uh, them playing the, the game in the Field of Dreams stadium over in Iowa. They also do this, so getting to uh, get chat with uh, all the kids there. And uh, as we bridge from um, this into the Watch 4, a little piece I found, and I don't remember when I read this, but I don't think I brought it up last week, um, but it seems like out of that Field of Dreams Game, Uh, our uh, what we wish was a good friend of the pod, Michael Schur, um, looks like he's going to be actually producing a television show based on Field of Dreams. So I'm kind of interested to see that. That could be, you know, he has a very good track record of of making television. So I I have faith, and he really, 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 really loves baseball. So I. I think that show would be in very good hands and I would be very excited to see it. So we'll see what goes on. Oh, and, with that. oh go and, uh,
1: I'll say, I know we don't have Michael Schur on the show every week, but thanks for having me in.
0: <laughs> you're, you're welcome. That sounded like a very legitimate and, and sincere. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me in. Oh, now we just need <laughs> David von Kampen to, uh, to get us some jingles. Um, But uh, with that Let us head into the Watch for West What you watching in the week that was Or the week that will be
1: um, So I was kind of hoping that you didn't bring it up So let's hold our Loki talk for another week
0: Oh sure that's fine
1: That works for you hold on. Okay um, So on Sunday evening um, Anisha and I decided to uh, Sit down and uh, We watched some car stuff Okay. Which was fun. Uh, she, she's a car girl. Uh, okay. I drive a car, so that works well enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she enjoys the other. Um, <laughs> so there's a, there is a special that comes on. I don't know if you remember the show Top
0: Gear. Yeah, Top Gear. Yep. Uh,
1: well, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and I can never forget that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, anyway, something happened um, a few years ago. Where they kind of they they got pushed out of Top Gear,
0: uh-huh.
1: so they went and create, uh, Richard Richard Hammond is the guy. Um, they went and kind of created their own show that they do, and uh, they do kind of like a few yearly specials. It's called the Grand Tour,
0: mm.
1: and basically they go somewhere in the world. Um, it it highlights it's a it's a car show, so it highlights vehicles, but. Basically, it turns into kind of like a reality thing where they follow them around for a week or so. And they have, like, little things that they're going to do. Like, they're heading somewhere and hilarity ensues along the way, usually. Oh, uh, like it happens. Uh, it is it is so damn funny. It's a uh, it's great vehicle. The cars are great. Um, the banter is British and witty, <laughs> which we thoroughly enjoy. Of course. Uh, the one that they just dropped... Um, Excuse me Was their COVID edition Mm. Uh, And it was actually filmed Like right when COVID hit And started shutting everything down Oh goodness Uh, So instead of being able to go out of the country I can't remember Maybe they were supposed to go to South America this time They ended up just driving through Scotland
0: Oh, okay
1: Which was really interesting because, uh, And they drove 70s uh, 1970s era American cars Nice. Um, like, one of, one of them had, like, a big Cadillac Coupe de Ville, I mean, it was, it was, but, I mean, along the way, the cars, you know, they break down, shit happens, it's just, it's very funny, it is a hilarious show, uh, each one, they're usually about an hour and a half, um, so I I'd definitely recommend people just go check it out, it is British, it's, so, I mean, hey, they're Brits, they're funny, I Clarkson apparently is a big Chelsea guy. He's from that area. He's from Chelsea. So he's like a longtime Chelsea guy. So, you know, hey, we can respect that.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: We can respect being a pre-Abramovich Chelsea guy. So um, Yeah. Uh, But it's it's a a really, really fun show. Really interesting. And um, there are multiple, multiple episodes of it. So you can go back and have fun watching those. Uh, the other one we watched uh, right after, we watched um, the movie Ford vs. Ferrari. Is that the one uh, Matt Damon? Start... And... Yes, yeah, Matt Damon and Christian uh... uh Yeah, those two. Um, it is, uh, I think, uh, revolves around the Le Mans race back in the 1960s. Uh-huh. Uh, 24 hours at Le Mans. A lot of people in it that you know when you see them, you're like, oh, 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 it's him. Oh, it's him. Oh, it's him. <laughs> um, and, I mean, it is all based on a true, true story. Um, Matt David playing uh, the legendary uh, car designer, Carol Shelby. Um, and uh, I cannot remember the guy that um, Christian Bale played. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's all very legit. Um, it is all based on actual events, things that happened there. Uh, really good, really, really good movie. So uh, I definitely recommend that one for people to go watch. It was one, I was going to go see the movie theater a few years ago when it came out, but I think it came out right when COVID was hitting and they started shutting down all the theaters. So I never got a chance to see it. So. Okay. I was very excited to see it the other night and we thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, well, I unfortunately do not have anything to add on to this week. But what I will say is, um, so myself and one-name producer Jackie, um, especially later at night, we like to sometimes just flip through YouTube. And at this point, now that we've watched enough of them, YouTube is just recommending more and more, is just people, either the companies themselves or people have taken upon themselves to basically make highlight reels of different characters of shows. Um, Like there's one that's just like, Ten minutes of Andy Dwyer being hilarious on Parks and Rec, and and you know or ten minutes of Jake Peralta being crazy, you know. Um, and so it's one of those things where like we've we've watched Brooklyn Nine Nine a bunch, we've watched Parks and Recreation a bunch, we've watched a lot of these shows a whole bunch of times, and sometimes you don't want to just start watching episode after episode to get to like the super funny parts. So these like. 10 to 15 minute little clip videos on YouTube. You just watch it and you're like, oh yeah, there's that funny part. Oh yeah, there was that funny part. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Oh, that was hilarious. I love it. Um, so I suggest if you are someone, I'm pretty sure someone does it for just about every show out there. Someone someone likes a character enough well, they will just make highlight clips of them. Uh, so just search for, on YouTube for any character or show that you like and you will probably find highlight reel videos of them. So, um, yeah, that was, that was something that I really started to enjoy. And just, you know, when you're got like 30 minutes before bed and you don't want to start a show, actually, you just want to like watch some random shit. Pretty good. It's a pretty good little thing. So, um,
1: you I can, can just maybe think real quick, um, because I watched, I have to watch something on YouTube, uh, before coming on here tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night, the 25th. Archer! Archer's debut tonight.
0: the night. Shit. I, we still have to finish the last season. So... Okay. There you go. I All mean, right.
1: season debut of Archer. We, we will probably... Oh, I might just wait for the whole Archer to run and then binge it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's no one... Outside of, like, you and my uh, girlfriend, fiancé, my fiancé... Um, <laughs> I mean, outside of y'all, I don't talk to anybody about Archer. So me and her don't watch it. Yeah. And you've got to catch up with it. Then you know nobody's spoiling Archer for me. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we might just wait and binge it. But uh, Archer started, and um, so has Nine Nine started this season yet?
0: Yes, and we still have to start that. We we have yeah. not yet started that.
1: Okay, I haven't started either. So I've got to get I've got to get her caught up on a couple of seasons of it. I think so. Mm-hmm. That might be another one. I'll Just wait on so. Yeah, really, really, nobody I work with watches what I watch, so... <laughs> <laughs> that kind of works well for me, you know? Yeah,
0: there you go. You can't, can't get spoiled that way.
1: Exactly, so... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Archer's back. Yes, Archer's back. not Nine, back. TV's back. Fall TV is starting to get here. And we know that you've the best TV, so...
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: Indeed. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that will uh, just about do it here then for us on the episode 379 of the Foreign Affair podcast. Uh, once again, thanks to NGSC Sports at Sports.com. We never stop. Um, you can find them on the socials as well as us on Twitter. We are as a collective at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube via our parent show the All New Sports Show, and you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to our podcast providers, including uh, Spotify through Anchor, Spreaker, uh, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And again, if you want to send in a, uh, a listener question, you can. Just go into the description and the show notes, and uh, you'll see a link where you can send us a voice clip for a question, and if it's good enough and not too profane, we'll, uh, we'll run it on air. So... Check that out. Um, so again, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking that big Champions League draw coming out tomorrow. Uh, so excited to recap that, and with the new Champions League season going down, um, we'll have another week of Premier League to talk about, including that big Chelsea Liverpool match, um, and so much more as the transfer window also closes. Um, so Wes, before we get out of here, anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah, you know, football season is kicking off. Um, we've got a week in the books in high school football. Rocky Mount beating Tarborough in the big one. Uh, 12 0 last week. Um, so uh, Griffon's getting off to a good start. First time Tarborough has been shut out. Nobody can tell me the last time Tarborough got shut out.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So it's been that, it's been that damn long. <laughs> um, so they're off to it. Uh, college football, this is week zero. Which doesn't make sense, but sort of does. I don't know. Anyway, it is week zero. Uh, there's only about five or six games this weekend. Uh, the big one is Nebraska, Illinois. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Nebraska with um, all kinds of issues around that program right now. Ooh, all kinds of issues. So um, We'll see how that works out for them. But uh, facing Illinois, Scott Frost already on the hot seat. It's going to be fun. Um, I don't have a game this week because I'm working Friday night. Uh, um, so, yeah, I oh, hope next weekend and the weekend after, whoo, we'll get we'll get to that next week.
0: Oh, I cannot wait. So many good things then to talk about next week. And we'll hope you'll join us for then on the a Foreign Affair podcast. For my call-and-crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Please, everyone out there, stay safe and enjoy the football. Thank
1: hey. Good night, Manchester City. You ain't got a striker, but man, you got all that sweet, sweet money to keep you warm at night.
0: You can you can burn money. And God knows they're doing it on Jack Grealish. So so good on burning (laughs) money.